it, it's a tough story. It's a tough background. And I want to go deep and I want to go fast. You spent five years in prison. So the first time I was in prison, dude, I was in the hole, which is the prison inside of the prison. It's dark, dirty, lonely, depressing, very little to no human interaction. You're in there by yourself going crazy. And so I get back there and the captain's sitting back behind his desk, arms crossed, white shirt on, gold badge, black hat, me mug on his face. He's like, have a seat, Mr. Babcock. They give me a 30 second phone call to my mom. We're bawling our eyes out, telling each other that we love each other and the phone hangs up and then they put me back in a cell by myself for the next 60 days. Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and you know every single week we're going to bring you stories, celebrities, entertainers, entrepreneurs, people who have stayed connected to what internally drives them to light their why and their purpose on fire that then causes them to take the necessary action every single day to be great. Today you recognize we are in a different studio. We're in the studios of Underdog Empowerment, with another St. Louis guy, Zachary Babcock. He has a story. You talk about a burn, and we're going to go deep, we're going to be emotional, and we're going to hit it hard, and we're going to hit it fast. Because you know, we don't spend a lot of time on backstory. We go right for that burn, right for understanding why somebody chooses to do what they do. Now, I'm going to have a little bit of fun, because I'm not a technology guy, but I know, Zach, I got some fun tools here. So if somebody says something that's weak, I hit this one right here, right? Yep, that's it. It's like the weak little puppies, right? (laughs) But then if somebody brings the heat, you really bring that burn. We get this one right here. That's right. (laughs) Got those dogs barking. So I don't know how much I'm going to hit it, but man, I appreciate the opportunity to come and see you. It's one of the things that I love about the burn is that I love getting on the road, right? Today's easy for me. I just had to go down the road to come see you because you're a St. Louis guy born and raised just like me. But to go on the road and see different people's studios and see their offices and see their families or be welcomed into their homes. And so thank you for welcoming me into your home and allowing the burn to take over your studio today. Man, dude, thanks for coming by. I've been looking forward to this. Couldn't wait to get this on the on the going, dude. Like you just brought the heat on my podcast. I'm all fired up afterwards, dude. Well, I I know we've been talking about it for a long time, and I appreciate finally having this opportunity to get together. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the celebrities, the entertainers, the athletes. One of the things that I love about you is that you made a conscious choice. I'm going to have a podcast, and I'm going to get anybody and everybody, right? And you will beat down doors to have interviews. And I encourage everybody, you better go check out Underdog Empowerment. You better go check out Zachary Babcock, because it is the real deal. Some of the stories, and it is, I mean, that's why you got the dog barking because you go for the real stories of what drives people. And that's what attracts me to you, right? It's a tough story. It's a tough background. And I want to go deep and I want to go fast. You spent five years in prison, right? And in prison, I know there were things about your vision, things about your family. You talk about the burn, right? There, There are people who go into prison and everybody has challenges and adversity in life, right? We all have a story that we're writing. And you made a choice while you were in prison when there were probably plenty of people who walked away from you in your life, plenty of people who never told you it would amount to anything, plenty of people who turned their backs on you. And you had a vision to stay committed, to be a great father, to be a great husband, to be a great provider, to be able to have a business. And now you have it. So talk to me about that burn. What did that burn feel like for you being in prison, but never losing sight of your vision? 
Man, dude, you got me fired up now. And that's so the vision is is everything, dude. Like I have a screenshot of my vision on my on my phone, visual, all that shit, but I'm so clear and direct of where I want to go. But when I got locked up, man, the second time when I went back to prison just 20 days from my twin sons were born, it, it started with an identity shift. Cause I woke up in that jail cell. I was blackout from a from a from being shit faced the night before. And woke up in that jail cell and I realized I'm going back to prison just 20 days from my twin sons were born. And I immediately said, this isn't me. I'm a good father. I'm a good human being. Like, this isn't who I am. And my identity shift right there. And I said, and I didn't know how long I was going back to prison for. It could have been six months. It could have been a year and a half. That's how long I had left on my parole. But I said, I don't give a fuck what it takes. I'm going to get back home and I'm going to be that father that I didn't have growing up because that means everything to me. And so... You know, I didn't know what happy and success exactly looked like, except for it was going to be in my kid's life and I was going to be there every single day. So let me let me tie something together, because I, I know many people watching me say, well, I, I haven't been to prison before. Yet your prison was a place in your life that you never wanted to go back to. And I think for everybody listening, you're either there right now, it's the job that you don't want. You don't understand, why am I here at this job? Why is this going on with my family? We've all been to that place where we question, why is this happening to me? Why me right now, right? right. Which you could have done. But if I'm hearing you correctly, you said, I had clarity of vision. I will not go back here. I'm here. There's nothing you could do about it, right? You had to own it as a man. I'm here. But I will not come back here. And you haven't. But there was this burn inside of you that said, I will have clarity of a vision. And one of the things you shared with me, which I thought was unbelievable, is you just signed up to coach your kids' football team. You grew up playing football, banging heads, which I like, but you grew up playing football. And part of your vision was, I'm going to coach my kids in football. I'm going to watch my kids play football. And you just signed your kids up for the Wentzville Wildcats. Yeah, buddy. And you're going to be the head coach for these kids' football team. So how did that happen? How, how many times did you sit in that cell, right? And we're being real here. Did you sit in that cell going, man, like, could this not happen? How many times did the doubts creep in? And then how important was that burn and that vision for you to say, I'm getting out of here and I will change? Yeah, dude, like it, it was it was a wrap when I went back the second time I woke up like that was it. But I like to kind of rewind it back to the first time I was in prison, dude. Um, is it I'm going to keep it real short. But is it OK if I give kind of a Please. long-winded? So the first time I was in prison, dude, I was in the hole, which is the prison inside of the prison. It's dark, dirty, lonely, depressing, very little to no human interaction. You're in there by yourself going crazy. Um, and I'm in there for tattoo violation because I got some tattoos being being a knucklehead. I was 21 at the time. Still re rebel. I didn't do none of the self-help shit back then. I was still trying to fit in with the with the the cool kids of what I thought was cool back then. Long story short, I get called back to the captain's office. I'm thinking that they're trying to get me to tell on somebody for something that I hadn't gotten caught for yet or they're somebody told on me. Um, either way, I was like, dude, I'm not saying shit. And so I get back there and the captain's sitting back behind his desk, arms crossed, white shirt on, gold badge, black hat, me mug on his face. He's like, have a seat, Mr. Babcock. I'm like, dude, what for, dude? I, you got me for two months down here, then you got to put me back on the main yard. And he's like, how long you been locked up? And I'm like, dude, two years. And he's like, you know, it's nothing good when you come back to the captain's office. I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Put me back in my cell. I don't have shit to say. And he's like, we got a call from your mom over the weekend. And she let us know that she had to break into the bathroom at home and found your sister dead on the floor with a needle in her arm. And um, last thing that I was expecting in that moment, dude, but this, I was so blessed to go through this. I mean this, dude, because this right here is like one of the greatest lessons I ever learned in my life. So I get back, they give me a 30 second phone call to my mom, 
we're bawling our eyes out, telling each other that we love each other. And the phone hangs up. And then they put me back in a cell by myself for the next 60 days. And for the next three days, I'm literally going crazy, man. Like all this fucking crazy voices in my head, all the mean things that I ever said and did to my sister, the goodbye I never get to tell her, just eating at me. And um, I woke up on the third day and I got really lucky. And I say this because I know what I did now, but I didn't know back then. I ended up reading it in a Tony Robbins book. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. I asked myself this question. I said, what can I do right now to find happiness and peace? And it wasn't much because I was in this eight by 10 cell, but it got me to realize that I could dominate my space. And I'm talking about, man, if you think OCD is fucking crazy, they don't have nothing on this. Like I, my toothpaste went back in the same spot every single day. I wiped my wall with one rag. I ripped up a towel and a bunch of mini rags, one wall for the, one rag for the wall, sink, toilet, sweep the floor with my bare hands, collected the dust points. Like it was crazy. Worked out same time every single day, wrote all this crazy, crazy shit. And by the end of that, that that 60 days I found a peace of mind I don't know if I've ever been more peaceful in my life right there in that prison cell and what that taught me was two things man one that life's gonna throw shit at you that you just can't control COVID whatever but I'm grateful because it prepared me for shit like this because it taught me that I get to control how I respond to anything that happens to me I always control the response to that you know what I mean like I can't control COVID happen but I could choose what I choose to do moving forward and two you know, when you get in those shitty situations to it's harder to do. It's simple, not easy, especially when you're all emotional and shit, but to ask the right questions. Cause I, you could be like, why is this show always going to happen to me? And that gets the wrong answer. But if I shift it to what's the next best thing that I can do in this moment to bring me one step closer to my goal, that gets me to search for those right answers. And so that was like one of the greatest lessons I ever had in life right there. So this is interesting. I can now tie this together. I didn't know I was going to be able to do it from this answer. And and that's extraordinary, the perspective that you found, right? That perspective, similar to the tough stuff I've been through in my life, gives me perspective. Oh, I can fight through that. So number one, you were given tremendous perspective, but also this relentless mindset to control your environment and dominate. It explains why you've gotten in front of all the people that you've gotten in front of. Because no's mean nothing to you, right? Right. No's are not going to stop you. And so with all of these individuals, the doors that you've beat down, the traveling you've done around the country, your commitment to sharing a message, which now there's individuals that you're helping and companies that your team works with. I know you've got your first ever mastermind down in Florida. You're going down to spend time with 11 clients, right? Think of where you've taken this to because the perspective is I've been through worse. Right. So if you tell me, no, I'm going to keep moving. But this relentless process you created, you created a process in that cell. You've now created a process with underdog empowerment. Amen. And so th- this process, th- this perspective, there's so much there that I hope everybody can take away from. But what I'd like to know from this perspective to keep fighting from this process that you've built, who's the one individual that stands out the most? All these interviews that you've done where you said, similar to that conversation with your mom, similar to those three days, that interview changed me. Man, dude, that's such a hard question because there's so many of them in different times. I feel like each one happened at the right time because it was like certain shit in my life. But man. Then give me the first time that you experienced what you were just referencing to. I think when I sat down with Robert Greene, no, I'm going to say Tucker Max. The reason why I say Tucker Max is because if you listen to that episode, there was a point where he asked me something and it, and it and my initial gut reaction was like, man, fuck this dude. He doesn't know me. But I was like, I, I stopped myself and I looked at it objectively and I was like, well, what if he's right? 
what if there is? What some, was the question? He, he was like, because I was telling him, I was talking about the interview that I had with Robert Greene and how we, we were talking about how the mother to son relationship where if the mother spoils the son, not with material shit, like, but, but affectionately, like builds up his confidence saying you can do anything you put your mind to and shit like that, um, where that the kid will typically generally be more confident than, than most men that don't have a mother like that. And I was like, man, that might've where, where my confidence came from. Cause my mom was there through all this shit that I put her through. And so I was talking with Tucker and I was like, man, I had this confidence growing up, but then I didn't, you know, and I was doing the drugs and shit before I went to prison. And he's like, he's like, wait a minute, you just contradicted yourself right there. He's like, you said you had this confidence, but you didn't. He's like, which one is it? Whatever. He's like, do you even know yourself? And I was like, initially I was like, man, fuck you. Dude. You haven't <laughs> walked in my shoes. But then I was like, man, maybe he is right. Maybe there's some shit in my, in my past that I haven't really, uncovered you know un, uh, some stones that i haven't unturned yet and it really got me thinking man and it, it kind of sp- spiraled off this whole thing of tapping into like studying like shit about your dark side your your shadow self and incorporating it with the incorporating it with the rest of your personality but but yeah man that was it threw me off and uh i was just glad that i could stop and and look objectively instead of trying to think that i always know the answer see that's like the, those truthful transparent times where you have to get real with yourself right yeah. and i think that's most people's natural response you know why did somebody say this why is somebody doing this to me as opposed to saying what part of the problem is me or what part of the issue is me or why do i respond the way that i do and trying to find ways to get better amen uh, share share this with me to uh, to to wrap things up how important is it for somebody to understand their burn, to yeah. understand like that internal fire and that drive? Dude, I mean, you you have to. And like, so I never made it past third grade because they said I had ADD, ADHD, ABCD, all that <laughs> shit, right? You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't that I couldn't focus. It wasn't that I couldn't pay attention. It just, that was shit that didn't, I didn't have a burn for it, you know, and in my first job at McDonald's, dude, I quit ha- uh, halfway through the shift. I pulled a Scarface off of half baked. I was like, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you. You're cool. Just because it wasn't me. I always thrived in, in shit where I could talk with people, sales jobs, door to door, selling meat off the back of a fucking pickup, uh, retail shit that I'm doing now where I can talk to people, figure out what it is that their problems are, what they want and help them. Like I love doing that shit. And, um, and that's where, where I get my burn at. And, and so I've always lived in that. And anytime that I haven't, dude, I would be just going through the motions in life. And dude, when I, I got a really addictive personality, like I'm either all the way in or all the way out. There's no half stepping. And so like that, there's pros and cons to that. And early in my life, before I got my shit together, dude, I, that led to me making a lot of dumbass decisions, becoming a drug addict, going to prison for over five years of my life. But now I stepped into that and used that in a, in a, in a, an empowering way where I pour it into shit that's actually good for me. But if you don't have that burn, dude, you're, you, I think we've all may have experienced at some point of our lives or another. I know I have, and I know everybody that I've talked to had lived in a certain area of their life where they weren't living in that burn and they just felt like they were dead. They felt, and, and so I, what I would say, if you're going through that, if you're not living in your burn, what helped me was I started using visualization negatively. I started thinking about, okay, well, what about when I'm at the end of my days, when I'm about to die and I'm looking back and reflecting on life, like I will be totally cool if I didn't achieve my goals as long as I knew I did every fucking thing that I could to make it happen. But 
I would be absolutely miserable if I knew I'd left something on the table and I didn't achieve it because I didn't go all the way in and because I wasn't living in my burn because I was too fucking scared. And that scares me more than anything else. And so that's what that pain helped me step into that. And maybe that might help you too, if you're going through that. Oh, I love that right there. We're going to give the dogs the, <laughs> yes, I got it one time. <laughs> the, the, the pain allows you to step into that. And so I think for everybody listening, there's some pain that you've been through, you're going through, or you will go through, stay connected to that burn. And you mentioned something about living and I'm, I'm going to end here. Now it makes so much more sense to me hearing all of your backstory and, and, and it took us so long to get together, but you know, St. Louis guys have this fight, right? Regardless of what we've been through in our story, St. Louis, they're just, there's a fight to St. Louis people. And what I love about you is your fight. But where I know that you are living is, is definitely the football story going to coach your kids because you've stayed connected to that burn. But I remember one of your Facebook uh, or your Instagram posts, and I think it was also on your story, was you pushing your kids on their bikes. <laughs> and I think about you pushing your kids on their bikes. And that, my friend, is you living. Amen. And I think all of us, we, we've got that challenge. We've got that fight. We've got that tough stuff. Just know that your opportunity to push your kids on their bikes, proverbially for you, what does that look like for you to fight through your pain? Where you are right now is not the end of your story. Push through the pain. Allow Zach's story to be a story for you to realize when you stay connected to your burn, even when the most improbable odds are against you, you are in a cell that there's a vision that can come true for you to push your kids on a bike, to do something someday that many people would say that you couldn't do, but you will. In order to get there, you gotta stay connected to your burn. That's what we're here for every single week, to share stories, athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, people who have just continued to fight in their lives by staying connected to their burn. Stay connected to yours, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>